Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. This is the story of programming prodigy and information activist. Aaron Swartz. It's called The Internet's Own Boy. Swartz began uh, base, writing basic code, eventually became a co-founder of Reddit, uh, also responsible for so many other inf- in- innovations that we are, take for granted today regarding the worldwide Internet. Uh, but what he's known for in the later part of his life was uh, an activist in terms of organizing for an aggressive approach to information access he became ensnared in a two-year battle with the federal government, and really this is what the story is about, his, uh, his ideas that information is power and we should have access to it. It's a wonderful documentary called The Internet's Own Boy, The Story of Aaron Swartz. We're joined today by the director of this film, Brian Kappenberger. Brian, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, congratulations on the film's uh, release uh, coming out today here all over. I assume just it's Los Angeles, New York, or is it rolling out uh, all over the country? Uh, I think we're in 20 cities across the country. Fantastic. Today in uh, theaters, and we're also all over the Internet, video on demand, yes. iTunes, Xbox, PlayStation, and also uh, on Vimeo. How appropriate for, uh, for, for a story about Aaron uh, that you were all over the the net um, exactly. yes um, I, for those of you who don't know a lot about Aaron's and his story uh, I, I sort of gave the broad outline of it uh, a little bit about uh, him and his work things that we would uh, we would like to you know we should know about him uh, yes well he was a uh, basically um, you know took to computers at a very young age he was sort of a child uh, programming prodigy um, he was uh, he, you know in the film we have his parents and brothers describing uh, all, all sorts of interesting things. He was kind of building uh, a site called myinfo.com, which is very much like Wikipedia, way before Wikipedia mm. uh, began, um, you know, doing things like building a, an ATM machine when he was a kid, uh, <laughs> things right. like that, uh, to, you know, some, some funny sort of things that happen when he's working uh, remotely uh, with these groups that are working on things like uh, RSS you know, real simple syndication, which powers a lot of kind of information flow on the Internet. Um, when the working group was uh, so working on the standards for that, he he's working alongside people who are 30, 40, 50 years old. I mean, real Internet kind of uh, prominent Internet figures. And uh, at one point they they uh, want to meet this person who's contributing so substantively, and they say, oh, why don't you come out to one of these face-to-face meetings? And he says, I'm not sure my mom would let me. I'm only 13. <laughs> so, of course, uh, that makes him want to meet them any more, even more. So that's his early life. He, he becomes a co-founder of Reddit. They sell Reddit to Condé Nast, makes a lot of money, and uh, then just kind of turns, makes this kind of sharp turn towards political organizing and social justice issues. Yeah. Uh, eventually, and, and, and freedom information access, open access to uh, information, which eventually ensnares him. Uh, in the in, in the in the cl- in the clutches of the federal government, which begins a two-year legal nightmare for him. Yeah, thank you for that. That's a great um, summary of of what what this is about in his life. Um, there are just so many questions that come up when you talk about his work, again, especially in the last few years, um, and his great work in in helping 
to essentially organize opposition to laws that restrict access to information, including SOPA and PIPA and these things. And that's a very reassuring and heartening part of this film. But uh, there is a certain sadness to this, the fact that he was became a target of a federal investigation and the feds are notorious for this kind of draconian way of going about uh, uh, going after people. And Aaron was certainly a prime example of that. Um, just th that, that part, uh, again, I mean, his, his activism is just so important. Tell me a little bit about how he felt about information and why it was important that we have access to it. Well, I think it's a, it's a multifaceted sort of uh, position, but two, two interesting examples are that he, um, he actually downloaded um, uh, documents from a service called PACER. PACER is the P Public Access to Court Electronic Records. Uh, these are government-generated documents, documents that you uh, and I basically own, created by taxpayers. Uh, they're a kind of record of how the law is playing out in the courts, um, it's kind of an important uh, part of our system, uh, you know, people appearing in court. And um, these government documents are behind a paywall, so you have to pay money per page, uh, and you have to, uh, th this can be prohibited to some people. And also it's just kind of wrong that the law, that you have to pay to see the law. Right. So he, um, he uh, and a couple of other people, devise a system where they take advantage of a, an open access uh, program at, at, a, at a handful of libraries across the country when PACER is getting flack for this. And um, they download 20 million pages from, from PACER and post it online on Recap. Uh, that's the kind of example of the thing, of the thing that I think seems central to who, who he was, this n notion. It's not necessarily really, uh, you know, all, uh, downloading 20 million pages, may, you may say, is sort of radical, but the actual notion is not that radical, um, that, that um, government documents should be available to, to people, to taxpayers. Um, and so that's the sort of thing. I mean, he's not downloading you know, Disney movies, or he's not downloading, uh, I mean, you know, he, he, it's, it's the sort of thing that he believes that, that those kinds of documents should be in the public domain. Um, the second example is um, is uh, JSTOR. JSTOR is a more, much more complex example because JSTOR is a kind of repository of academic journals and articles, um, which is really um, JSTOR and others. JSTOR is actually not the certainly not the worst offender in this industry, um, but you know there's a weird system that we have where academic uh, academics and researchers have to turn over copyrights to their work to these big big corporations essentially and those um, those entities then charge subscription services to the colleges and uh, of course if you're not affiliated with a college those things can uh, you have, you have to buy this this material uh, which can be expen very expensive 40 50 60 dollars yeah. a pop uh, and if you're doing anything substantive that's that's that adds up yeah. obviously so um, you know this is offensive to, it's clearly offensive to Aaron it was offensive to people in the open access movement, um, that they, they see it as a kind of walling up of the world's knowledge, yeah. uh, that, uh, away from people that can use it freely and openly, build on it, come up with cures, uh, and, and away from developing world. Although some of, the, some of these organizations say, oh, we're, we're having programs now that, that, um, uh, where we're opening this up, uh, I mean, it's still really a problem. Yeah. And so 
it could be that he was protesting against that. He certainly spoke up against that. Um, but he ended up downloading through MIT 4.7 million academic journal articles from JSTOR. And uh, we don't actually know what he was going to do with them. Mm. He, doesn't, he, didn't, uh, he was arrested before anything actually happened. Mm. So we're not sure. It could have been that he was also analyzing that research for evidence of corruption and from funders, so funding that, that, that funders that fund research that led to bias results. Yeah, in court cases and, and legal judgments. Yeah, absolutely. What we do know about him is that he was adamant about this access to this information. That that is the important, to me, the important part. It's really a, a remarkable individual. It's sort of this idea that uh, the internet is is maybe the most democratizing technology ever invented, and you can already see people gathering political. Uh, power around the access to it and it's it's just a his his life it seemed to me is was about making sure that didn't happen well i think that's true yeah i, I mean i think there is a there is a you know i think it's been happening since the beginning of the internet this kind of push and pull between uh, all the things we love about the internet or potentially you know all the things we we think are what uh, we, we, it could be, you know, which is to say freedom of expression and creativity and uh, transparency in government and uh, access to knowledge and communicating with uh, people around the world and, and, and the, the vast potential that that brings in terms of um, the, the, the human race building on itself and its knowledge uh, compared to uh, the Internet as a tool for mass surveillance or um, a tool for corporations to extract uh, private data from you so they can sell you things or they can or a tool where corporations can uh, can have control over the actual speed, so they can control politi- the political message or what what business uh, businesses thrive. Um, or you know, so so this is uh, th- this is the this is the balance, right? This is the choices that we make about what kind of internet we want moving forward. Absolutely, and and um, now the film o- opens. By the way, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Brian. Nappenberger, the film is the the uh, the Internet's own boy, the story of Aaron Swartz. Now it's opening today in Los Angeles, um, all uh, all over uh, Los Angeles um, and around the country. As you said, it's opening um, twenty twenty cities around the country. You can go to find out more about the film at takepart.com, and under IOB slash IOB, you can find out more. Uh, unfortunately, Brian, we're just run out of time, and I apologize for uh, the brevity of this uh, of our conversation, but a terrific documentary and well worth seeing. It really is about the future. It's not about uh, somebody's life as much as it is about the future, our futures as well. So, No problem. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Thanks thank, for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.